Hi, I'm April. And I'm Steph. And you're listening to The Thirst, a podcast that looks at the latest in pop culture, as well as dissecting some very important topics of our choosing. It's July 2023, and we're here with our obsession of the month. This is where we take a deep dive into everything from new metal videos and the best teen comedies to celebrity tattoos. You know, the important stuff. This episode, we're tackling an important subject, the science of writing a god-tier, mosh-inducing, life-altering Kerrang! song that teens will obsess over and adults will remember all the lyrics to for the rest of their lives. So on many a card journey, we've stuck on a playlist from our younger years and reminisced about the highs and the lows of being a Grebo in the late 90s and early noughties. And today we're going to discuss our favourites and reveal the results of our mammoth internet poll, aka real scientific research, which took me all week to collate because it was far more popular than I expected. I cannot believe how many people ended up doing this poll in the end and how seriously it was taken. I'm very impressed. Well done, everyone. I find it so funny that of all the things that we have done on this podcast in the last however many years we've been doing it for, this really seems to have hit a nerve. This has taken off much like our early days uh, full ranking of all of the Marvel characters by hotness. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? Never forget. That was a good time. Um, Yeah, this has had perhaps more of a reaction. Yeah, I was like, wow, it'd be really nice if we had 20 replies to this. And then, I don't know, manually counting 700 tracks later, just wanting to cry into my dinner because I was like, so many people have done this. You're just doing real science. Right? As I was tallying it all, I kept seeing more replies coming in and I was like, oh God, I mean, this is good, but this is also just a lot to um, to churn through. But I mean, I know people, some people submitted more than once, mm-hmm. different genres, subgenres, different years. It's it, It's been impressive stuff. I'm very... Uh, I'm quite grateful that everyone has reacted so favourably. Yeah, thank you to everyone who did take the time to fill out the form that we asked you to submit your suggestions on. Um, It wasn't something that you could do particularly quickly because we asked for 10 songs rather than just one. So genuinely, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for actually bothering to take the time to do it. I thought it was going to be like you, me and five people we knew. That we bullied to do it. That we specifically targeted to do it yes yes so um so that's a joy really and it has been a lot of fun I've been laughing to myself a lot whilst doing this and I feel like it has spurned a lot of people to go back and listen to like Kerrang Spotify playlist this week yeah I have an overload of text messages from people just being like fuck's sake I've just spent all day listening to like X band I'm livid that's that's all you could hope for really uh when putting together an an important piece of scientific research it is I mean this is about as science heavy as we've ever gotten um I'm really proud of it to that end could you please explain your scientific methodology yes real science here very very intricate so uh we had to choose a time scale and we went 90 it's quite broad well it is quite broad we went 1994 to 2007, which I think we would both say is a prime Kerrang era. So we only differ in age by like a year or so. Mm-hmm. So I would say like the noughties, like 1999 to 2007 are probably my like prime 
yeah. years of Quran-based content, that is when I was completely immersed. I think the reason we decided between ourselves to go back as far as 1994 was because we realised that if we set it from like the year 2001, when Kerrang! TV was actually established, it means that we would be discounting all of the key 90s bands, Yeah, which would then skew things slightly, like genuinely, because otherwise it would mean like no Green Day, no Nirvana, etc, etc. So that's for why we went back as far as 1994. Also, old friends. We've got some old friends. And uh, they were reading Kerrang! magazine before us. You can't be ageist. Yeah, I don't want to be ageist in this thing. But we did have to set some parameters on it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't end up talking about like Black Veil Brides for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> so, um, so we set that time frame, 94 to 2007. We said God tier Kerrang! content did not technically specify what that means so um looking at the responses i would say the majority have considered this as what would you say is a you know like a peak kerrang song like wow that is such a song that i would listen to or see on kerrang tv read about in the magazines etc etc quite regardless of quality in a way and then others have objectively chosen the best songs of the era which is absolutely fine but wrong. No, I'm joking. It's not wrong at all. It's absolutely (laughs) fine. But yes, there are ways of uh, interpreting that. Um, And we did this as a Google form. And then I had to do a social media poll yesterday because there were some neck and neck tracks in the top 10 that I was like, well, I have to I have to go back. And really unhelpfully, some of those polls ended up 50-50 split. So that's livid. Just goes to show really that um, my methodology didn't completely work. So at least you're honest about it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. So but I, I would say this is as damn near science as we're going to get on this podcast. I did have to manually count every single track that was listed and they all came in different formats. So um, it's been it's been a busy week. Yeah, I would say in retrospect, next time we do something like this, we should probably be very specific about the format that we uh, ask people to submit because I submitted one way and I know that other people will have submitted the other way. So I'm sure it made your collating. You couldn't put it in an Excel spreadsheet and do, you know, collate together, could you? No, it was such a nightmare. That was my own foolishness. But um, hey, maybe we'll do that next time when we do a SCUS ranking. It will just have to, you know, MTV2. We'll do it we'll top of the pops. We'll, we'll do it again for something else and we'll perfect the technique. So before I reveal the the results of this poll, um, which you haven't seen yet, shall we go through our own rankings? Yes, please. Because I would quite like to know what you chose as a kind of top 10 peak Kerrang! era golden songs. And did you interpret this as these are the songs I think of when someone says, hey, did you buy Kerrang! magazine? So... My approach to this was largely if I think about Kerrang conceptually, but specifically if I think about songs and music videos that I remember seeing on Kerrang TV, which songs, bands, etc. immediately spring to mind. Mm -hmm. I didn't go down the cool route (laughs) because I think there's a lot to be said about like at the age I am now looking back and going like, oh, that band isn't necessarily good, are they? So maybe I'll just choose a cooler option, which is an, an adult I've come to appreciate. Absolutely not. I went for the... Don't lie to yourself. If I literally was putting together a Krang TV playlist, 
in my head, if I sit here, what are the videos that I am visualizing? What videos come to mind? What songs come to mind? As I remember sitting in front of the television, watching music videos for hours on end. Yes, that is exactly the approach that I was hoping for. Yeah. That's the way I was hoping you would do it. Yeah, we're not looking for coolness. No, absolutely not. And also, I will say that for me, there is a distinct correlation between the songs and videos that are on Kerrang! TV with my reading of Kerrang! magazine at its yeah, peak. Yeah, of course. So the two things do weave together nicely. Absolutely. But also, I would say, obviously, these are the songs that I happen to also think most of which I thought were very cool at the time mm-hmm. when I was yeah. 12, unsettlingly young age or whatever. Um, and then, of course, you get older and you're like, that is the lamest song. I can't believe I liked that. I'm coming back rounder now. I'm like, I actually think these are solid bangers. I am confident that my top 10 and the subsequent ones I kicked out of my top list, like, they're good, you know, for different reasons. Yeah, I don't think you can knock them. I think they're pretty good. Okay, let's let's talk about your, I want to hear your top 10. Okay, should I just run through? Yeah, please do. Okay, I didn't rank these because there was no need to rank them, but these are the 10 that came to mind immediately. We've got Fat Lip by Sum 41. Of course. Chop Suey by System of a Down. Yes. Outside, the live version, Stained featuring Fred Durst specific there has to be the live version has to be the live version basket case by green day perfect smells like teen spirit by nirvana Mm -hmm. back to school by deftones duality by slipknot last resort by papa roach smooth criminal by alien ant farm (laughs) and the rock show by blink 182 oh that's my 10 they are yeah they're all songs that i also remember can't you just picture it yeah totally and they're all tracks that would be played like i don't know probably 35 times a day on ktv if we had like all the recording time in the world i would be able to sit here and and talk you through every aspect of those music videos inside out oh so much every single lyric i can't believe um i just can't believe there's so much general knowledge about the world that i don't know or can't remember but if we were yep. to go to a pub quiz about these songs, we would fucking nail every single one. Yep. I don't need to know the Mike Shinoda raps in Lincoln Park, but I do. I barely remember anything I did on my two academic degrees, but I could 100% do a frame by frame retelling of the last resort video of each of those bedrooms, you know? Um, please tell me your 10. I'm desperate okay. to hear this. Some are similar. Some are a little bit different. Love it. Okay. So are they in order? They're almost in order. I don't know what they're in order of. Sort of <laughs> memorability slash sure. respect. I think I have respect for all of these songs. Okay. So so number 10, I've actually put him, Buried Alive by Love. A classic Steph McKenna joint. <laughs> Full disclaimer, this will be me mostly reminiscing about everyone I fancied. So Bill Vallow extremely hot arguably still is i remember recording this video on vhs off the tv so that i could watch it regularly um i would argue him are a legitimately good band a lot of people wouldn't but we can have that argument later so love it also can't believe not a single person voted for a cky track i thought that was going to happen i'm amazed actually if that's true that is 100 percent true i can tell you that now shocking uh, number nine, Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal. 
better than the original, maybe. I think it is. I'm going to controversially say that right now. I know which one I'd rather listen to. Yeah, we're doing that now. Um, I bought this album and then exclusively just listened to this and movies because the rest of it wasn't as good. But good song. Number eight, a song that we have definitely sung along to in the car before, Crazy Town Butterfly. (laughs) I was really hoping that you would include this because I had to kick it out of my top ten. This is just an absolute banger. This record entirely, love it. Just love it. We have definitely listened to this on multiple occasions in the car. I remember um, printing a picture of the cover of the record out on my like HP LaserJet printer at home and then sticking it on my planner for school because I thought I was cool. This is probably the only band that I don't fancy because these men are absolutely grotesque. And it also bothers me that this song came out in 1999, which means I was 10. Did it? When I was singing this song. Great. Yeah, so that's number eight. Number seven, My Chemical Romance, I'm Not Okay, I promise, because uh, it was an actual game changer for Huge. everyone. Number six, Bloodhound Gang, Bad Touch. There is definitely another <laughs> Bloodhound <laughs> Gang song I prefer, but it's completely immoral in this climate. So... <laughs> Bad Touch is actually the lesser problematic song. So literally as soon as you say Bad Touch, I have it in my head and I could honestly rap the entire thing. Yes. The monkey costumes. Iconic. And then you could switch over to MTV2 and watch it all over again. (laughs) Yep. So number five, I put Slipknot Left Behind. I think Duality was definitely the song that was on the most, actually. But Left Behind was the first... Slipknot song I think I like remember listening to and seeing the video for I just remember the video at the start with the bus arriving and the kid coming off yeah such a horrible video horrible horrible Iowa was my first Slipknot record I was 12 great and I obviously fancy Corey Taylor so he's the best one obviously just oh yeah no actually he is yeah I do love him he is the best one number four so we're going into sort of karaoke rages now I've got Lincoln Park in the end. Good choice, yeah. Uh, Chester Bennington, Top Babe, RIP. RIP. Lincoln Park, my first gig, great. Support by Lost Profits. Less said about that, the better. Number three, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. That's Karaoke Rager number two. Incredible. I s- simply will not let anyone bash at April. The rest of that band's output is awful, but Bring Me to Life is a solid, solid song. Number two, Papa Roach, Last Resort. Again, maybe not their best, but sums up teenage angst quite poetically, really. And then obviously fancied Jacoby Shaddix. Yeah. And then my number one was System of a Down, Chop Suey. Just the greatest song of all time, I think. Might actually be the best song, Evs. I actually think it might be the best song of all time. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Did you have notable mentions? Like ones that didn't make it into the top 10, just fell outside. It's very hard to get it down, actually. I have like 12 and I have heard from other people that like getting down to a solid 10 was like sheer hell. So it's like pretty relatable. Although actually I've just realised it's not 12 because I've got multiple songs for several of these bands. So I'll just rattle through. I nearly had Got the Life and Freak on a Leash by Korn. Yes. Just a Day by Feeder. On my list of notable mentions. American Idiot by Green Day. Yes. Um, I Miss You by Blink-182. Mm-hmm. There probably could be about four Blink-182 songs on here within reason. Yeah. But that one in particular is just very, very like peak Kerrang at that time. I had Bring Me to Life, Evanescence. I had Of Course I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance. I went for Crawling and Numb and In the End by Linkin Park. 
It was very, very hard to decide between them, so I just kicked it off. This next one was controversial for me to not include this in my top 10, considering how Ride or Die I was for this band. But I had both Rollin and Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. Mm. When I was in high school, Limp Bizkit were my favourite band for about two years. I was obsessed with Fred Durst. I was obsessed with Wes Borland. There's some songs that I actually associate more with Top of the Pops. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Rollin is one of them because it was like number one on top of the pops. Real breakthrough song for them. Just very mainstream. Limp Biscuit Rollin. I remember Crawling by Linkin Park. And I remember all the small things, Blink 182 being featured on something like Top of the Pops. So they're the ones that I kind of associate with like primetime Friday evening dinner Top of the Pops show. <laughs> that was like just before Kerrang. Yeah. Uh, I had Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous by Good Charlotte. Yes. Um, I had Hashpipe and Body Holly, both by yes. Weezer. And of course, I had Butterfly as well, just because hard not to include that. It's such a Kerrang song. We had a lot of the same, actually. I had Some 41 Fat Lip that just fell out of sight. Um, yeah, I fancied Derek Wibley. Great. Was he your preferred member of Some 41? Unfortunately, it was April. It wasn't Cone. Mine was Steve-O. Was it Steve-O? Yeah, I thought it yeah. might be. I just knew it might be. Um, yeah, I fancied Derek Wibley. So there's... Well, you and Avril Lavigne had something in common, so... Yes, great. Tenacious D tribute. I hate that song, but it is what it is. I did not put it in my top ranking. There are definitely Marilyn Manson songs that I would associate with those years. Most notably, the fight song or Dope Show. Both came up a lot. Good Charlotte, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Fully obsessed. Foo Fighters, Learn to Fly. Always, always on TV. Newfound Glory, Dressed to Kill. Yeah. Stained Outside, live, featuring Fred Durst. Of course. See, you get it. It's specifically that version. Uh, I put Limp Biscuit Break stuff. Uh, I put Here to Stay for Corn because that's the one I remember the most. I think that was probably, again, my, like, gateway song for that band. Sure. And then I went backwards, if that makes sense. Uh, Andrew WK, Party Hard. Oh, of course, yeah. Deftones, Back to School. Offspring, original prankster, because I was 11 when that came out. God. Uh, Weezer, half pipe. Feeder, just a day. A, nothing. And uh, a song that I've spoken about more in the past week than I have in the past <laughs> 25 years. It is, in fact, Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott's Heroes from the Spider-Man soundtrack. The amount of brain space that that song has specifically occupied in the last week it's hysterical a lot and it's been raised by other people of which i am eternally Mm -hmm. grateful put it on genuinely gave me goosebumps what a soaring song what a beautiful song it's beautiful and then yeah i had tracks that felt more top of the pops and then i also had tracks that felt more mtv2 well can we discuss this because i think that, that there is genuinely a clear distinction between what is an mtv2 song and what is a kerrang tv song yeah. and then also what is a p-rock song and what is a scuzz song as well oh so much between mtv2 and kerrang i think there is a lot of crossover so some examples i have provided here will be queens of the stone age red hot chili peppers foo fighters muse yep, yep weezer um but I also think there are clear delineations of songs that are specifically MTV2, for example, like 
Rival Schools, At The Drive-In, 100 Reasons, they're all MTV2 bands. They totally are. Yeah, for me, I, in my head, when I was thinking about this over the course of the week, was I was using like Zane Lowe and Gonzo on MTV2 as a marker for this. He was the reference point, like, would Zane Lowe be talking about this? Genuinely, it was like, would he have actually played this on his show? But it's so funny how there is like such a clear distinction of like, what is a Kerrang song? I know. We should have, again, maybe we should have, uh, that should have been in the terms and conditions of that. No, it's it's an interesting <laughs> thing to uh, to think about, though. It's like, yes, that I really do associate that with that particular TV channel yeah. and not this particular TV channel. <laughs> and then God knows with Scuzz. I can't even remember what was on Scuzz. It felt like that, that was like the cooler version. Yeah, it was like really late stage where it's like when Kerrang got too, like, too, too mainstream that yeah. Like smaller bands started to have their videos on SCUS, I feel. Well, do you want to, we can talk about some of our key memories and we will also talk about other people's key memories of this era in a bit. But would you like to hear the results of the public poll? Yes, please. I am dying to hear these. And I really love that you suggested keeping it a secret from me. Just for suspense reasons. I think you will be thrilled, you'll be pleased and you'll be angry in equal measure, just to warn you. Um, And some other observations, actually, before I start. Just having spent quite a lot of time looking at this spreadsheet this week, Uh some of you were trying to be cool and it showed. (laughs) So jokes on you. There was no way to look cool doing this. But some of you really gave it some effort. I guess so many of our friends off the bat, bearing in mind this was an anonymous poll, these people truly delivered and just were exactly what I expected. So when we have done with this, I will show you the spreadsheet and you too can guess who is who because some of them are so easily on the money. Incredible. It's just very, very funny. New Metal reigns supreme by far, as we all expected. You can really tell people's ages by the track they chose. So... (laughs) Again, choosing, say, I don't know, choosing like rolling over break stuff, maybe. Or do you know what I mean? Like an early, earlier track yeah, yeah. as opposed to like, okay, so my gateway for corn was here to stay, which came later. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can definitely tell. And then when you're getting into the like bullet for my Valentine of it all, it's like, okay, that's a late, a, a later stage person, a slightly younger person. Everyone was very horny for Pandora. I knew it. I knew this would come up. Yeah, of course. Some of you definitely confused Kerrang! with MTV2. I felt a majority decision was made not to include sex offenders. Which I think the thing is, and we've gone over this this week, unfortunately, there are so many like absolutely in the year 2023 reprehensible people that like you just can't include for a variety of reasons. I know we've had a conversation about it this afternoon, but it was really hard to like, not include them because it would yeah. be just cutting out an entire chunk, wouldn't it? So I would like to obviously say that we don't support any of this. but Oh, no, absolutely not. No. And it felt like a bit of an unspoken thing, actually, that lots of people just didn't include. For example, I would have expected Marilyn Manson to get mm-hmm. a lot more votes, but there really weren't. It was quite a low count, like much lower than I would expect. And I think yeah. there's a lot of like... There's a lot of sort of sense, not censoring, you know what I mean? Like people are making the active decision not to include them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't mean. Some of you couldn't help yourselves. One person was brave enough to include Lost Profits. So there you go. And factual facts are facts, I guess. 
But thankfully, we won't have to talk about that for very long because that was, in fact, one vote. And then there were probably about four people who listed 40 tracks that I'd never heard of in my life. So that made me feel even less cool, but fine. (laughs) So I'll do 10 to 1. This is the official scientific, uh, the Thirst Kerrang ranking. I mean, you had a big sample size, so it's actually very scientifically accurate, I would say. Yeah, we're talking like almost a thousand tracks here. It's pretty good going. Um, So number 10 is Limp Bizkit Break Stuff. Absolutely wonderful song. And wonderful song. And I mean, is it the best Limp Biscuit song? Yeah. I mean, I think you could argue for it. I think it, I think it, I feel like it ticks all the boxes. Yeah, I think it does. Whirls up a mosh pit. Yep. Is great to listen to when you're angry. Good video. Great video. Pretty corny. This is the bit, we'll get the angry April bit out of the way. So this is the only band that has two tracks in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And it is Deftones. So... Number nine, she knows which way it's going. Number nine is back to school. I just, look. Which means number eight is my own summer. Shove it. I'm so sorry. Okay, that's fine. I don't mind if they're together. Look, the thing is. They are together. Yeah, fine. My own summer, huge, huge song. Back to school is not the best Deftones song. I'm not out here claiming that, but I just think it's the most Kerrang era song. I think it is. Back to School is the Kerrang era yeah. Deftones song. Um, so I, yeah, I was quite surprised at my own summer. It pipped it by one vote, to be fair. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. I'll take that. Oh, okay. She's not too angry. We're relieved. We're relieved. Yeah, this is fine. great. Number seven is Tenacious D Tribute, which <laughs> I detest it. Did you ever, when it like came on at any point, like I was always immediately filled with rage? And I'm not saying that I'm above Tenacious D because I genuinely enjoy the films of Jack Black, but this song just used to drive me insane. Yeah, I think it was on too much. It drove me insane. I never liked it. Um, I felt like it wasn't taking me seriously as a young teen. <laughs> no. Also a crossover song because it used to get played on MTV2 a shitload as well. I think that was perhaps the issue. Just everywhere, too much. But I will accept that it is an iconic article in the Museum of Kerrang. Absolutely. Just on, yeah, it's on a gold pedestal there. Number six is Corn Freak on a Leash. Yeah, okay. Which checks. That video was out on there a hell of a lot. Number five is Slipknot Duality. Just, like, such a good song. I think I may have discussed before about the fact that, like, when I run, and I haven't been running for a very long time at this point, um, but when I run, I can exclusively only listen to Slipknot. Oh, Slipknot are great for running and any kind of exercise, actually. Yeah, and this song is specifically timed for me in my running playlist right in the middle when I need oh, like a, a boost. The little boost. The little duality boost. Yeah. I think Slipknot of those bands, I think Slipknot has the bigger number of bangers. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. Corn's probably got like four or five absolute bangers, but then yeah. a lot that I'm less fussed by. If we're thinking about this on a very serious level, I think Slipknot have consistently good albums, whereas Corn, yes. you could make like a playlist with like 15 semi-decent Corn songs on, but that's it and then you're done. You're, done. you're totally done. Number four is Sum 41, Fat Lip. Slightly disturbed by the number of people who put Sun 41. Sun 41? I'm hoping it was just bad typing to be honest. Come on, guys, it was some. Let's put some respect down on that, please. Number three was Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Very happy about that. Number two 
Papa Roach, Last Resort. And then number one, which one by a clear mile was System of a Down, Chop Suey? Honestly, Landslide. No one else touched it. It's just the best song. How how many times have we been in the car, regardless of the, whatever situation we're driving to or from, how often do we listen to Toxicity? I will say now that System of a Down have been in my Spotify wrapped quite a lot <laughs> in the past few years. I think a lot of the time because of our car journeys. Yeah. Because there is nothing better. I also exercise a lot. I exercise a lot to System of a Down. This song is just like absolutely anthemic. And I feel like it crosses the divide of like actual Grebos and like normal people who just remember hearing it on the radio. Like the harmonies in this song, like no joke. Fucking sick. I am so proud of the way we harmonise in the car. I just need to get that out of the way, April. I think we're really, really good at it. We've got it down. We've got it down. We know which bits we do. It works together. It works with the track. It just, I'm really, really proud of us and also hope no one else ever hears it, but I think it's great. Um, System of a Down, objectively, probably the best band of this. I don't know. I just, I mean, they're the best new metal band by far. I just love them. Like legitimately listen to them as well. Like seriously now. I read a really good piece, I think on The Ringer at some point either the start of this year or end of last year that was like an oral history of like the system of land and toxicity and i will 100 percent link to it on twitter and put it on in the show notes actually because it is so fascinating reading how the album came about and like what they were doing this particular time it's so so interesting oh that's one for all the uh, kerrang scholars out there you can <laughs> approach that with complete seriousness no i would love to read that um do you want to hear some songs, some songs that didn't get as many votes as I thought they would? Yes, please. So I just thought it was interesting. Um, so Blink-182 got, a, I would say, a moderate number. I guess one of the problems, actually, is that some bands got lots of votes, but everyone was choosing a different track. Sure. So Blink-182, for instance, there was probably seven or eight tracks that people were listing. Mm-hmm. I think Rock Show did come out on top, but it still did not reach the heights that I thought it would. Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking about this with Claire the other day, weren't we? And when I showed Claire my list, didn't show you, but when I showed Claire my list, we had a lot of debate around my inclusion of Rock Show on the list ah. because I think it's very of that period and there are lots of Blink songs that you could include but to me, that's the one that just screams Kerrang. Like, I could have put What's My Age Again. I could have put All the Small Things. Those were slightly too early, weren't they, really? I mean, they were getting played a lot. But again, yeah. Rock Show would be the one that was getting played all the time. Yeah. Um, Crazy Town Butterfly got two votes and I was one of them. Can't believe that. Disappointed in you all. Um, Drowning Pool Bodies didn't get as high as I thought. Wow, okay. I think there were maybe two votes for Food Fighters Learn to Fly, which I was genuinely surprised about because that was on like probably 15 to 20 times a day. It was on there a lot. I also wonder if it's because it's... People don't like Food Fighters now. And I wonder if there's a lot of like retrospective like they are corny now so i'm not going to include it i also think that that song in particular is also very mtv2 as well that is true it was on mtv2 a lot 
got the life, my corn, very few votes. Shame, really. Big shame. It's their best song. Not loads of votes for Rage Against the Machine. Killing in the Name of didn't get as much as I thought it would. That's interesting. I think that was it. Good Charlotte. I thought Good Charlotte might get a few more votes, but it was, you know, handful for Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Quite late, I guess, though, for for some people. Yeah, not for me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so those, those were some of the outliers. But let me tell you just anecdotally on the microphone which ones fell just outside of that top ranking it's almost like I should have prepared this so just a few that fell out and are kind of top so if we say top sort of 20 we had mm-hmm. Limp Biscuits rolling Lincoln Park in the end My Chemical Romance I'm Not Okay I Promise Alien Amp Farm Smooth Criminal Corn Blind Lincoln Park One Step Closer <laughs> My Chemical Romance Helena Slipknot Wait and Bleed Deftones Changing the House of Flies uh, and disturbed down with the sickness. So that was the the top twenty. I mean, that's a solid twenty in my eyes. We pretty much all voted for the same stuff, didn't we? We truly are all the same people brought up at the same time. I'm so proud of it's us. It's good to know that, though, isn't it? This is how we know that it defined a generation. Never felt so seen in my life. Exactly that. So at the end of the poll, we had a sort of extra question asking people to um, submit their Kerrang memories. And there were so many overlaps with those as well. Some of them were brilliant. Did you want to talk about some of your key memories first before we read out others? Yes, of course. So this was a nice opportunity to go down memory lane and just sort of think about some key Kerrang memories. I mean, I think these are less about the magazine specifically, but more just things I remember from that period of time that are intrinsically linked to Kerrang. For sure. So. I remember that I used to, rather than having like an actual Kerrang subscription, my mum had a word with the man who ran the news agents at the end of our road and asked him to put an issue aside for me every week or however <gasps> often it came out. So I used to go and pick it up and it with a little uh, sticker on the top with my name on. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really important. Through like a VIP? Yeah, I mean, obviously not. It was a clearly a, a standard system they had for putting magazines and newspapers to one side for people. <laughs> but even so, you know? I think that made you pretty special. I used to love seeing local venues in the listings and in particular seeing which bands were touring as per the listings. I feel like now with the internet being as just everywhere, you know, like we're constantly mm. on our phones there's no element of surprise, but I used to love getting the magazine and, you know, flip into the back to see where all the big tour announcements were. Like, that yeah. was pretty cool. Anytime they reviewed a show that was local to me or one that I'd attended anywhere else other than Norwich, always a good vibe. Very exciting. I remember the issues specifically that came f- with the free KTV video, like actual video cassette as a preview. How the hell did they distribute that? That must have been... That's like the equivalent of like picking up a brick from Morrison's. Like all of the covers are burnt into my brain. We're of the era where it was the red and white Kerrang Life yes. is Loud like barcode logo. Mm-hmm. I know they have since reverted back to their classic logo, but um that that logo in particular is like burnt into my brain. Some of the free CDs that came with the magazine are like genuinely life-changing i know i've spoken to your wesley about this but there was a trilogy of free cds they did 
The home tapes. The home taping. So there was one, volume one was The Hives. Yes. Volume two was Casey Chaos's Refused Music. And volume three was Dexter Holland from Offspring's Come Out and Play. And earlier today, I managed to find online the some pictures of the back of the CDs that had all the track listings. And yeah. Wesley and I have gone over the Casey Chaos one in person before, just reminding ourselves of the bands that were on there and then being like first the first time you heard a lot of these bands so the track listing for that includes people like discharge iron monkey refused that new they put new noise by refused on Mm. that cd and that absolutely made my brain melt like i'd never heard refused before in my life i would never have known where to start finding out about refused but that was such a huge gateway that that album that cd sorry also had like turbo negro x-ray specs you know cave in the birthday party it was probably the first time i'd ever heard the birthday party i hate god God scream it was wild and then you know from the perspective of the hives and the dexter holland one there were so many like iconic punk bands that they put songs on there by and you know like that was huge and that gave me the impetus to go off and explore and look into those bands and like buy seeds like full length cds yeah those bands produced you know, I think we really, this is going to sound like old man shouting at cloud, but like, <laughs> I think we really overlook now the access that we have to music all the time via things like Spotify and even YouTube. But, you know, there was nothing like the experience of when you're a teenager, when you get a free CD on a magazine and you put it in your CD player and it's like half the time, it's like genuinely the first time you're yeah. going to be hearing this band and it can honestly change the trajectory of like your musical interests. Like... I know we've talked before about like how certain bands then became gateways for other bands just by them either mentioning them in interviews or wearing t-shirts and stuff. But those CDs did exactly the same thing for me and for so many other people I know. Like it's it's mad. It is. Yeah, that Dexter Holland one, like I'm pretty sure that was the first time. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's probably the first time I'd listened to like Black Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, like that gateway aspect, like someone I really like respected and was a fan of had recommended them. And then you absolutely absolutely rinsed those single tracks by those bands um and then sometimes you would go off and listen to them more and sometimes it would just be that one song and looking at a lot of the tracks that people submitted in the past week so many of them are the tracks that are on these records too I call them records these cds like rancid roots radicals has come up but that's the song that a lot of people have put down as yeah. their rancid song. Um, it just it's it's just really funny. It's like wow, this even probably without a lot of us realizing, we're repeating so many of the tracks that came on those three CDs, and also the the compilation CDs that you could buy in the shop. Yes, I had all of those. Yeah, yes, like Kerrang the album. So I definitely had one to three or whatever. And again, they are all the songs that everyone has voted for. I found a um, playlist of those on Spotify um, and it was like such a funny trip down memory lane of me being like, God, I can just, I remember the track ordering of these. Like I remember like listening to one and going like, oh, I know intuitively what's going to come after. Yes, one track into another, right? The only other Kerrang! memory I wanted to draw attention to is I vividly remember the first time they ever covered My Chemical Romance and feeling so smug and ahead of the curve already because I was already into them because of my deep internet 
lurking and and being obsessed with them because of their ties to Jeff Rickley from Thursday. So you and you're like, yeah, I'm ahead of the curve. Just remember that quite satisfying period. Wow. So you were like trendsetter. It wasn't trendsetter. It was just like, oh, I'm an internet creature. Um, <sighs> this band I've I've known about for ages actually. But uh, good job, Kerrang. Did you do an eye roll at the same time? Like oh, Kerrang are finally catching up. Eye roll, but also like overjoyed that I finally had pictures of them to put on my wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The posters. The posters were a big part of that as well. Having those posters everywhere. Probably having posters of some musicians that I wasn't like bands that I wasn't even that fussed by mm-hmm. but I still had some of them up on my wall god knows god knows why and yeah. um, what are some of your memories well yeah the posters we covered the compilation cds and the home taping freebies uh I also remember having like compilation cds ripped for me by friends older siblings so that was mm-hmm. like for example the first time I heard AFI was like a track that was on this CD that had been like lime wired for me or whatever by my friend's older sister. Buying my clothes from Attitude, which came as a pullout within Kerrang magazine. <laughs> wow. What a blast from the past. Oh, God, yeah. I bought lots of pairs of baggy jeans, like overly baggy jeans, most of my band t shirts. There was probably like some Emily the Strange, some Underground, some TUK shoes pretty much all came from either ordering them from Attitude via that pullout magazine or going to Camden. And then also making my own t-shirts by printing off bad transfers. I'm glad you also did that as well. I was actually talking about this the other day because not necessarily Kerrang! bound, but I was recounting how I vividly remember making a bleeding through hoodie by printing off a picture of the band onto like a bad transfer thing and putting it onto some material and then sewing that onto the back of a hoodie yeah like like the really bad transfer you could buy from like wh smiths or something yeah Um, i made my ruin t-shirt with a picture of terry (laughs) b on it amazing that lasted probably like one wash because it was so badly made but i didn't yeah i did that as well um Everyone I fancied, top tier of which were Chester Bennington and Benji Madden. Great. I was always very obsessed, randomly, with Eric Griffin from Murder Dolls. Just <laughs> very classic. And the funny thing about this is that uh, Lauren, who follows us, had sent um, a message in response to our post on Instagram And she had said she had a really vivid memory of watching, recording the Deftones Back to School video on VHS onto a tape and re-watching it so she could look at Eric Griffin, who is in that video. And I used to do exactly the same (laughs) (laughs) with Alien Ant Farm's movies because he is, in fact, in that video as well. So, yes. So I'm just really glad that someone else on planet Earth used to watch those videos for Eric Griffin from Murder Dolls absolutely incredible getting really into the osbournes do you know i was really hoping that you would say that someone had voted for the kelly osborne and ozzy osborne cover of changes oh my god just die. because for some reason when i was doing some prep for this episode it, it came into my head and i was just thinking like fuck like i remember when we were just 
all watching Osborne's. That was like really early reality TV as well. Yeah, yeah. But just being like, oh my God, Kelly Osborne is so me. And then obviously when she was on the show and dating Burt McCracken from The Used, being like, oh my God. This girl's the coolest. I want to be her. And she's got these cool parents that swear. Um, I had an Osborne's t-shirt. Did you actually? Yes, I really did. Don't sound embarrassed. I am embarrassed. It's awful. And I've put that to recording now, but I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also just thinking about the Kerrang! tours, which came quite late. So they they came post this this poll time frame. I think they started in 2007 and went mm-hmm. through to 2012, which is when I had moved to Norwich for university. But I did go to every single one bar one in 2009, which I now regret. Did you? Who, I can't remember any of the Kerrang! tour lineups. Can you, can you think of any? Yeah, I've also found it. Hang on, I will tell you. I remember Biffy Clyro very much. For some reason, I remember All Time Low. Great. Let me have a look. Let me find it for you. Right. I can't remember if I went to any, so this is, this is why. We can we can find out because a lot of these were definitely happened in Norwich. So 2006, Bullet for My Valentine with Hawthorne Heights still remains in Aden. Wow, definitely didn't go, but I remember it happening. This was a good one. 2007 was Biffy Clyro with the Bronx. Wow. <laughs> Interesting combo, definitely went to that. Um, 2008 was Coheed and Cambria. With Fightstar. Sure. Uh, The one I didn't go to was 2009, which is Mindless Self-Indulgence. I obviously must have thought I was too cool, but I used to love Mindless Self-Indulgence, so I don't know what I was doing. And then we've got 2010, which was All Time Low. 2011, which was Good Charlotte. I remember not getting tickets for that and being really annoyed about it. You didn't get tickets for it? No, I didn't go. I'm so sorry. They came in on a helicopter and everything into Norwich and they brought Paris Hilton. Yeah, I remember reading about it on the EDP website stuff. Come on. Uh, I deliberately sat in a room because they were upstairs. At, this is going to make no sense to anyone who didn't live in Norwich. But anyway, the upstairs of the building where the venue was, the LCR, <laughs> like the student union, yep. they would basically block off one room, which would be like the artist green room. And then the room next mm-hmm. door was the newspaper office for the student newspaper. And I was deputy editor of the student newspaper at the time so I would um I was literally just standing in the doorway because I was like wow they're so close to me <laughs> I'm admitting all of this on there and then yeah 2012 was newfound glory was some 41 which I th- I thought maybe I went to but now oh no no sorry some 41 pulled out thanks Wikipedia I think I did go to this one then because I think I would have seen newfound glory you definitely would have but yeah, that was very memorable times as well. I can't believe, sorry, you've missed out the key one in 2014, which was Limp Biscuit, which we went to collectively. Was that the Kerrang! tour? I thought they just did a headline show. I didn't, I'd forgotten it was a Kerrang! tour. I didn't realise it was a Kerrang! tour, but I am now looking at the poster and it was definitely the show we went to that was just extremely strange vibes but like none of us had seen Limp Biscuit, so it was very much a like, yeah, let's go and do this 12 years later. Do you mean strange vibes because Fred Durst tried to get us all backstage? Yeah, well, that was just weird, wasn't it? That was deeply uncomfortable. Because he was concerned for our safety. He was very concerned, concerned for our safety, apparently, as a group of like eight fully grown women who were having a perfectly nice time. Fred's just really worried about you. Um, So he said you can watch from the safety of backstage. I'm fine. We said no, listeners. We said no. I'm very proud of us because teenage me would have been like (laughs) losing my mind. But it was 
such a red flag situation. I can't even begin to. It's just it's just really embarrassing. Uh, great, great anecdotes afterwards. We were sent a lot of equally great memories. We've got a few voice notes, which is a lovely thing to be able to include. So um, let's maybe start with some voice notes. So firstly, we have a great voice note from Vix. She's going to tell us a little memory that she has about System of a Down. Hi, guys. I used to get Kerrang! on a subscription every single week from The Log Cabin, which was our local um, little news agents. And my friend Dan used to work there, big up Dan Bradbury. And he used to write on the front of my Kerrang! every single week, rock sucks, rap rules, because he used to like rap music. Um, And it used to make me very cross, but I would laugh. Anyway, I was obsessed with reading every single inch of the magazine including all of the adverts at the back for like instruments and stuff that used to be in there way back in the olden days um and yeah I would read it cover to cover over and over again and I would keep them all in my wardrobe I had massive massive stacks of old Kerrangs Um, and one part that I used to love because I was a dork were the book reviews and I remember one week Serge Tankian from System of a Down did a book review of this absolutely massive book about the history of Armenia because System of a Down have Armenian heritage. Um, and I was like, I don't know, 13 or something. And I thought, God, I don't know anything about Armenia. I don't even know where it is. Serge is telling me I need to read about the history of the Armenian genocide. So, oh God, everybody knows about this. So I went into Oxford on the bus, went to Borders, RIP, I think I had a special order in this book about Armenia. Um, And when I picked it up, it was sort of a yellow page size. Uh, Just absolutely massive. I had no need for it whatsoever, but I read it as best I could, probably with the use of a dictionary because it was quite complicated, I seem to remember. Um, And to this day, sorry, Serge, I could not tell you a thing about Armenia. So that was my paper round money well spent. So thank you to Vix for that brilliant memory. Uh, We also have Claire, who has uh, an anecdote to share. Hi, uh, April and Steph of Podcast The Thirst. Um, This is Claire Biddles of Glasgow (laughs) Um, getting in touch um, about uh, my personal favourite Kerrang! memory, uh, which is um, all of the many hours I spent um, gazing at um, the uh, poster that came with a Kerrang! Valentine special. Um, I can't remember what year, it probably was about 2007, 2008. Um, gazing at the poster of Frank Aero holding a dog um, that was rightly placed in the Valentine special. Personally, uh, I could have put, I could still today put together a, a coffee table book of images that I think would be uh, perfect for a, a Frank Aero Valentine themed um, Kerrang. Uh, but just this one at the time was still very special to me. Um, the dog, I don't believe, was one of Frank Aero's many dogs. Um, but extremely cute at the same time. It's kind of Pomeranian type dog and he was holding it 
uh, open his arms in the style of uh, the start of the Lion King when he holds the um, baby Simba up. Um, hope that helps. Um, and thanks for all you're doing uh, for the Mosher community. Thank you, Claire. And now we also have Josh, who has a memory to share with us. I'm 12 years old. My mum and dad are out, which never, ever happened. A few days before, I've gone to the um, corner shop. I've gone to Martin's in North Walsham. Back then it was called uh, Paper Chain. I've bought a Kerrang. I used to alternate between different music magazines. Um, Enemy subscriber, that had come with the, with the EDP on a Wednesday morning. Every weekend, I'd pick up a different music magazine. Could be Mojo, could be Uncut, could be Q, could be X-Ray, could be Bang, could be Metal Hammer, could be Terrorizer, could be Mixed Mag, could be Jockey Slut, could be Music. That's probably every music magazine that existed at the time. Oh, uh, The Wire. No, I didn't buy The Wire till I was 12. So I've bought Kerrang! And uh, there was a, a feature which I'm now looking at via Reddit. And I've not seen this feature since I was 12 years old. And it's uh, the, the cover feature was American Head Charge, um, a band I've never, never listened to, never wanted to listen to them. The feature kind of put me off them, um, terrified as I was of, of their, their look. And I'm looking at it now, they actually address like the hives. They've all got black shirts, big white ties and suspenders on. They just look shit. And I'm sorry to anyone who's taken part in this poll and has voted for a song by American Head Charge. Maybe I'm missing out. Probably not. They do look quite bad. This feature had a very extreme photo shoot. There's a lot of fake blood. There's a lot of guns. And in a post 9-11, you know, an immediate post 9-11 world, this is this is wild. They shouldn't be doing this. And I've not even got to the worst bits yet. I'm just seeing the blood. I'm seeing cigars. I'm seeing a, a, a very bald fellow at the front. Uh, it looks a bit like uh, Uncle Fester. Guy behind him has got a shit goatee. Got a white bloke with cornrows. There's a guy who's got half a Mohican and half a slaphead. The feature's called Let's Go to War. Again, you can't be doing that, guys. That's, that's a sub-editor. A sub-editor has gone rogue on this. There's also a lot of drug power. There's a guy who's putting two guns in his mouth. That's just disgusting. That's horrible. A lot of drugs, a lot of kind of implied sex, drugs, violence, real rock and roll stuff, right? This, this magazine, I'd left it out of my bedroom. The babysitter was my mum's friend, Maria, found it. She was quietly horrified. She said nothing to me. I was, you know, didn't, I didn't know. I must have just left it in the living room, perhaps. And she, she's bored. She's reading this Koran. She comes across this photo shoot. She's distraught. She doesn't know what to do with herself. What is this filth that Josh, this child under my care, under my supervision, who I've taken under my wing for one night only, what's he do? He's rotting his brain with this rock and roll. Mum and dad get home. Maria shows mum and dad the magazine. There's, foot, there's steps coming up to my bedroom. If I had a better sound studio, I'd be banging on the wall, a bit of Foley stuff going on. You'd hear the footsteps, the tension would build. You'd get to the moment where the door doesn't creak open. The door flies open. I'm sat there in bed. I'm probably actually reading a music magazine. And my mum comes in and she says to me, 
you're disgusting. I say, what? What have I done? I can't, Im- I can't imagine what she's accusing me of. She says, it's vile. It's disgusting. You've let yourself down. You've let me down. You've let your nanny down. And I'm thinking, Jesus, put me out of my misery. What have I done? And she shows me the magazine. And uh, that was me and Karen. All right, thanks for listening. Um, again, if you do like American Head Charge, good on you. Bye-bye. So thank you very much for sending in those voice notes. Uh, we have a few other memories to share uh, that people were very good to send to us. Um, shall we run through those? Shall we alternate them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are obviously all anonymous, but some of them are really obvious to me who they're from. So I really love that. It's really it's really nice to be able to immediately pick my friends out from a lineup. Um, so the first one is meeting Slipknot, a, a Kerrang-sponsored signing at Virgin Megastore Tottenham Court Road. Livid. The guy with the bag on his head, great marketing. That Eddie Vedder poster I had at the end of my bed for most of the 90s. That's definitely Maddie. We'd never had Sky at home, so I would only get to watch Kerrang! whilst babysitting most Fridays, and I enjoyed every single second of it. I also low-key died every time I got to see Mike Shinoda in a Linkin Park video because I was so in love with him. Relatable there, relatable. Uh, Pandora Peroxide showing us that girls could rock and kick ass just as well as the boys. She is an icon. A free compilation CD curated by Dexter Holland in one issue. And then they guessed the time. They put plus minus 2002. It was, in fact, 2003. So you were very close. That's pretty good going. Um, Seeing both Biffy Clyro and the Bronx at one of the Kerrang! tours. Snickers Game On at the Millennium Dome. I remember not being able to go to that and being like fucking livid. Do you remember when the Millennium Dome was a thing? I had to explain the Millennium Dome as a concept to a group of young people recently and I honestly felt part of myself dying. I wouldn't know where to even begin. It's so balmy as a venture. Crazy. And it wasn't even permanent. (laughs) (laughs) So much money and it wasn't even permanent. My friend had a serious car accident in the late 90s, like 1999, and I took him a Kerrang! as a gift to keep him occupied during recovery. I think it might have had Cradle of Filth and a free CD. He was overwhelmed by this gift and very happy. That is just true friendship there. So kind of you. Going to Woolworths to buy Kerrang! 2, the album, with my 16th birthday money and wearing it completely out. Good album. Um, having my friend record Kerrang! for six hours straight on VHS and lend it to me before we had Sky. I used to just watch it over and over. Kids these days don't understand recording music videos off the television. More of a Kerrang! magazine answer, but sending in a beautiful drawing of Wednesday 13 that I absolutely traced and it being printed in the reader submissions bit. <laughs> I swear I remember that illustration. Oh, I hope so. Maybe that person can share it with us. I would, I would love to see it. It's going to really surprise you to learn that I was a big fan of Wednesday 13. I'm shocked. I'm shocked and appalled. I absolutely know who this is. So shout out to Ben. Doing my club night dude ranch for the past 10 years. It's all Koran classics and broadly based on going to the wire on Friday nights in the early 2000s. Uh, Casey Chaos, Refuse Music CD. The brevity of that makes me think it's Wesley. It's an integral it's an integral CD for all of us. It really is. And finally, being photographed at a gig at the Astoria. RIP the Astoria, by the way. Oh. Fucking good venue for the Is This You section. It's actually called Face in the Crowd, but that's fine. Face in the Crowd. Face in the Crowd and winning a CD, but my mum also seeing it and finding out that I hadn't actually been at that sleepover and getting grounded for a month. Incredible. Why do I feel so. like this is Ashley? 
confirm or deny, we will find out. I actually had another one that I'd added to the bottom, but forgot to add to the document, which I just enjoyed because it's very timely for me. And yeah, I'm sure you'd identify too. It says, watching early AFI Days of the Phoenix on Kerrang! And that stroby, pleather, PVC goodness. Hearing Slipknot's Left Behind in 2001, a bit like a can of worms. So much treasure, joy, and teen angst. Oh, and the Kerrang! cartoon Pandora... Corn, that Armstrong and Dahl phase, young, crazed and peeling with a heavy brown eyeshadow under eye. Just amazing. All these shared memories that we have, because I, so many of these sound like they could have been tipped out of my own brain. It's such like collective consciousness and very millennial, I think. If you know, you know. <laughs> you do. You really do. I feel, I hope young people nowadays get to form some some kind of memories that are, I don't know, in some way comparable to this. I don't know how. I guess they just make Spotify playlists all the time, but it's just not the same. I just don't know if they get to do the experience of like, so there's this thing I often think about how when I often, if, if occasionally if I get asked how I know someone and the only response I can think of is that like we went to hardcore together because I'll either know <laughs> them through like going to shows or like following each other on MySpace or Tumblr or something. I was going to say MySpace. Yeah, I feel like in this instance, yeah, Elijah. I feel like in this instance, it's very much like we all went to Kerrang together. Yeah, message boards, band message boards. I mean, I guess people must meet each other in fandoms now, but um, it's just a very particular feeling. It's very, very specific. And it's so nice that everyone's come together to share with us not only their song recommendations, but their treasured memories of the uh, early to mid 2000s. Um, and what we will do as well, I can't do it this week because I honestly just can't look at fucking spreadsheets anymore but eventually i'm going to pull together the world's biggest biggest kerrang playlist that will go on spotify and it will list every single song that has been submitted to us in that poll which when i look at it now just quickly how many unique songs were in that poll there were 351 unique songs so i will add those into a giant playlist and then you will have your own playlist for car journeys that will last you that's probably three days and what what a good car journey that will be can't wait thank you so much to everyone who contributed and helped us put together this mammoth ktv kerrang era episode it's truly brought us joy this week it's been brilliant you can find us online. We're on Twitter at the Thirst and Instagram at the Thirst Pod, or you can drop us an email on the Thirstpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the song discussion today and if there are any egregious omissions. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen and give us a nice review because it will help people to find us with ease. We'll continue to share links to anything we mention on our blog, which is the thirstpod.wordpress.com. And also check out the show notes because we'll add some links in there, which you may find interesting. Life is loud. <laughs> Bye.